As has already been mentioned, we are beginning a new series under the title on the screen. That won't, that won't hurt me. Things that people think won't hurt them, but have the potential to hurt them or will hurt us. Some things have the potential to, and some things just will. So we'll develop uh, several topics in this series. I'm not sure how long it'll go. We'll see, we'll see how it goes and, uh, and go from there. Let's, uh, let's bow for prayer. Thank you, God in heaven, for the privilege of worship. A verb, that which we bring to you. I hope, Lord, that our worship is a fragrant aroma in your nostrils, as the word says. But yet I know, Father, you are spirit, and we are flesh and blood, and all that you are, we can't even begin to imagine. We're thankful today, Father in heaven, for a man like Paul, who was honest and he said, it's time for me to walk away from Judaism and become a Christian. He said, I count everything as lost, rubbish, manure, for the sake of gaining Christ, my Lord, whom I've given all, up all things to gain Christ and to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, that which comes from the that which comes from the law, but rather that which comes by faith through grace. And so, Father, today as we begin this series, I pray, Lord, that as we sang in that first song, we'll rend our hearts, that healing will begin in us and healing will begin in our, begin in our land with us. That we might not just hear a preacher for a few minutes, but we might stand in awe of the oracles of God. May your word pierce us where we need to be pierced. That which blood and water will not run out, but that which procrastination and lethargy and indifference will run out. And the spirit of Christ will fill us with all your fullness. To this end, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Procrastination. You notice that I did this sermon first. <laughs> Procrastination is to intentionally put off that which you know needs to be done, must be done. The support group for Procrastinators Anonymous is called Weight Watchers, <laughs> spelled W-A-I-T, Weight Watchers. Do you know when Weight Watchers meets? Of course you do, tomorrow. My mother said, you'll never mount anything because of procrastination. I said, oh yeah, just you wait. That's not really true, but anyway. Someone said, if good things come to those who wait, why is procrastination so bad? If good things come to those who wait. Procrastination is my sin. 
It brings me only sorrow. I know that I should give it up. In fact, I will tomorrow. Let me give you a test of procrastination. See if we can identify any of these things. Do you rush off to the post office at midnight on April 15th to get your tax return in on on time? (laughs) Do you feel resentful? You feel resentment when someone mentions to you tasks that are undone. You have resent for people that mention to you tasks that are undone. Do you sometimes delay a task so long that when you finally get around to it, it's embarrassing to do it? Do you find yourself frequently making excuses for why things are not done? Do you spend time on non-essentials like playing games and little things like that while more important things are going undone? Do you spend time on non-essentials? Do you have a hard time determining what am I going to do first? Have you ever put off signing your children up for something so long that they missed the entire thing? (laughs) Procrastination. Do you often agree to tasks and then regret saying yes? Do you sometimes think if I just wait long enough, perhaps it won't need to be done? Do you identify with any of those tests of Procrastination, I, I can pro- procrastinate on things. Uh, it, it's never good. I, I understand the, the situation. Get distracted on things that really aren't that important, but I'll say this. I think I only wrote one sermon on Saturday night in 33 years. <laughs> it was after a youth conference, maybe about 30 years ago, but I remember the night when I was still in Bible college, a guy next to me knocked on my door at 1030, said, you got any paper? I need to write my sermon for tomorrow. It was Saturday night at 1030. That's what you call procrastination in the nth degree. When you come to Acts 24, which I read at the beginning of the worship service and Joe read in our scripture reading, the apostle Paul was arrested for something he did not do. You see, Paul was a Jew. He said in Philippians, he was the, the Jew of all Jews. He said, I, I was circumcised the eighth day. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I know, my, I know my ethnicity all the way back to the 12 tribes. I was a, to the law of zealous, a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm a, I'm a Pharisee. But Paul decided to leave Judaism behind and become a what? A Christian. And the Jews hated him for that. They hated him because Paul was now preaching Christ. And he was converting their people away from Judaism to Christianity. They hated him. So they, as we read, they trumped up false charges. They saw Paul with a Gentile in Jerusalem. They said he took him in the temple. Just because you're walking down the street in front of a liquor store don't mean you went inside, does it? They had all these charges, and so they hated Paul. They had him arrested, and this is a spiritual issue that was taken into the, into the courts, and Paul is before the Roman governor, Felix. Say Felix. And Felix was a man of pride and lust and greed and power, and Paul was, guess what he was doing to, with Felix? He was speaking about faith in Christ Jesus. 
He was talking about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Felix was listening to that. Guess what happened? He got scared. He said, Paul, time out. That's enough. I've heard enough. You go away. And when I find time, I'll call you back. When I find time, when it's a convenient season, I'll call you back. And we would say what Felix did was what? Procrastination. Let's look at procrastination using this segmented narrative outline that I like to use perhaps too often. As, as we, first of all, let's, let's identify the situation. What, 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 are, what is causing the things that I'm procrastinating about to pile up in my life and put things off? Well, let's, let's note four Four specific areas where we procrastinate that get us into trouble. The first one is we just don't want to give up control. You see, if I give up control, then I'm going to have to surrender what? Control of my life. And I just don't want to do that. I don't want to relinquish control. Say control. You'll remember that in the spring, we had four sermons on the life of Moses because some of us went to sight and sound and saw the the dramatic production of Moses, very, very great. And in the last sermon, we mentioned about the 10 plagues. And we even mentioned that last week in our sermon also about the Lord's Supper. Isn't it amazing how much uh, the Exodus and the Passover come up in sermons? But who can remember what the first plague was? Now, river of blood. What was the second one? Ribbit, ribbit. Frogs. I mean, God sent frogs and there were frogs everywhere. Pharaoh was upset because his wife had frogs, frogs on the counter and she's standing on the counter. There are frogs, there are frogs in, her, in her wardrobe, frogs in the shower, there are frogs everywhere. Exodus 8, 8 through 10. Then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, plead with the Lord God, take away these frogs from my people. I can't stand. I've had enough frog legs to last a, last a lifetime. I'll let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. You just pray to God to get rid of these stinking frogs. Moses said to Pharaoh, be pleased to command me when I'm ple- to plead for you and for your service, for your people, that the frogs be cut off from you and your houses be left only in the Nile, only frogs at the river. And Pharaoh said, Mara. Moses said, be as you say, you may know there's no one like the Lord our God. Pharaoh's got frogs in his soup, frogs in his bed, frogs everywhere, and, and, and his, his whole nation is a mess. And he says, Moses said, well, when we can pray, get rid of these frogs. He said, how about tomorrow? He's still didn't want to relinquish control of those people that he was holding hostage. You see, why, why did Paul, why did Felix send Paul away? Because he knew if he listened to Paul's preaching, he'd have to change his ways and he just wasn't ready to relinquish what? 
control. Even though, friends, that's where the victory is. Are you listening? Listen to me. The victory is when you relinquish control. That's where the victory comes. You just got to relinquish control. Pharaoh and Felix begin with two F's, huh? (laughs) They weren't ready to do that. So that's why we procrastinate, because I want to hold on to control. But secondly, it might be depression is holding me down. I'm just not motivated because I'm depressed. My get up and go just has got up and went. Sometimes I have that struggle in my own life. Why am I depressed? You got to ask, am I, am I angry about something? I'm aware that not all depression is, is, is of a spiritual nature and, 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 and emotional nature. I understand that. But much of it is. And much of the time I'm angry about something that I've suppressed and, 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 and in my life. Depression shows up and I've got to take care of the anger. Do I, do I need to forgive somebody? Do I need to let go and forgive? My stinking thinking is just holding me down and it's got me depressed and I've got to let go of that. And then the, the light will come on and I'll shine again in my life. Maybe depression is holding me down. Just not motivated to do things. Here's a big one. Fear of failure or rejection. Fear of failure or rejection. What if I fail? What will others think of me? People are held back because they they think, I I can't do this perfectly. And if I can't do it perfectly, people are going to think bad about me. And therefore, I don't don't do it at all because I can't do it to the, because I know me. I remember the day I decided to become a Christian. Here's what I thought. If I go down there, go up front and confess my faith and I'm baptized and I've done many things to me and I look like an idiot. <laughs> Here I am up front of these people. Then after a while, people will forget about it. But if it means something to me, then I'll gain something. That's exactly what was in my mind that day. Those two thoughts. If it doesn't mean anything to me, then people will forget about it. But if it does, then I'm going, well, guess what? 40 years later, here I am. (laughs) Here he is. But that was a lie. That was a lie from the devil. The devil will try to hold you back with fear. And what will people think of me? The God of America is not alcohol, drugs, or illicit sex. It's what will people think of me? Do you believe what God says about you or what the devil says? We, we become preoccupied with self-doubt and the, the I can't mentality. Courage, courage is not the absence of fear. It's partnering with God and moving out in spite of fear. It's partnering with him and moving out in spite of my fear. Listen, if you wait till all the lights are green to go downtown, you'll never go downtown. You go one light at a time, don't you? Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 says, the farmer who wait for perfect weather, never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. 
You understand what that's saying? You, you, you can't procrastinate. You can't say, well, this, this, what, just suppose, just suppose those just supposes will kill you. You, you, you got to launch out in spite of fear. God can't partner with you what you refuse to do. You see a better job and a better bank account and a better garden and a cleaner house and, and a better life doesn't happen by just sitting there, you got to get up and take the bull by the horns. You got to do a better degree, a better education, better grades, whatever it is. You got to get up and go get it in spite of fear, a failure, fear of rejection. What if I fail? Failure isn't falling down. Failure is falling down and refusing to get up. The difference between winners and losers is winners get up one more time, then they're knocked down. Try it. If it doesn't work, you'll know several things that don't, that, that don't work if it doesn't work. Let me ask you this. What would you do today if you weren't afraid? What would you do today if you weren't afraid? Think about it. And then Nike, just, just do it. Partner with God and just do it. I don't want to relinquish control, depression, I'm afraid. These are the things that cause me to procrastinate and hold me back. And the last one in this first part is laziness has become our rut. You know what people like? What people's favorite word is? Easy. <laughs> I like easy. One man told me recently, he said, I want it to be easy. Well, guess what? Living with the devil as your God ain't easy either. <laughs> he said, I want, I, want, I want it to be easy. We just become lazy. Proverbs 13, 4 says, lazy people want much, but get little. Those who work hard will prosper. Notice what that says. You got to do what? You got to work, work and work. Instead of holding your hand out and begging, now they're playing music and holding their hand out and begging in my community. The Bible can be humorous <laughs> in ways. Listen to this, Proverbs 26, 13 to 14. The lazy person claims there's a lion out in the street. There's a lion in the road. There's a lion out there. A door swings back and forth on its hinges. So the lazy person turns over in bed. Lazy people take food in their hand, but don't even lift it. To their mouth. <laughs> no. Isn't that humorous? That, that's, that has some tremendous humor in it. Uh, oh, eating is such a hard thing. I can't do that. There's a lion out there. I just roll over and pull the covers over my head. You know what we do? We rationalize. You know what it means to rationalize? It means to ration lies. That's what it means. I'll give you an example. We say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start working out. When? That's right, tomorrow. After work. So, work's over. I, I come home and say, well, I don't want to work out on an empty stomach. I need to eat a little. So, I eat a little. Then I say, well, I can't work out on a full stomach. Got to let that digest. And then, well, before long, it's, it's 8 o'clock and it's getting kind of late. And I'll start working out. Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. 
By the way, that's Satan's favorite word. I spent a fortune on a trampoline, a stationary bike, and a rowing machine, complete with gadgets to read my pulse and gadgets to measure my progress results and gadgets and others to show the miles I charted, but they left off the gadget to get me started. I don't want to relinquish control. God, I'm depressed. I'm afraid. Or I'm just lazy. Those are, those are all factors of, of causes of why I put things off. And there may be other reasons. I, I'm sure there are. Perhaps we can identify with some of those in our life. Let's look at the dark cloud on the horizon, as we always say in this outline, the complication. What, what happens here in the complication? I'll tell you what happens. Important tasks are left undone. That's the first thing. Import, important tasks, that's a hard word to say, are left undone because of this complicated situation I've got myself into. And you know, the... Uh, more you sweep dirt under the rug, the bigger the pile gets, right? You ignore infection, the more it grows. Do we have that, Allison, on the PowerPoint? Let's advance that. Thank you very much. When things are left undone, the problem just gets worse. I'll give an example. That leaky shingle that we didn't fix, before long, the, the sheeting began to rot. After the sheeting rotted, the water came through and it soaked the insulation once the insulation was soaked, it got to the drywall. And one night, the ceiling caved in while we were eating dinner. But it all started with a leaky shingle that I didn't fix. Right? Let me ask you a question. How many of you are putting off a trip to the dentist because you you're afraid what he's going to say? <laughs> putting off a trip to the doctor because you don't want to hear what the doctor might have to say. It only gets worse. Get on, get on the calendar, man. Someday is not on the calendar. Let me ask you a question. You ever have trouble making decisions? <laughs> the, the, the server, the restaurant, ever just get frustrated with you because you can't make up your mind what you want to eat? You, you stand in front of your wardrobe and I, I don't want to, I'm late for work because I don't know what I want to wear. I don't have that problem. I have summertime clothes and wintertime clothes and that's it. <laughs> but, but indecision leads to, leads to problems in relationships and it, and it leads us to, to, to chronic guilt and, and we're overwhelmed because we just can't pull the trigger and things are going undone. Important tasks that ought to be done. My self-esteem is going in the tank. And James 1.8 says, he's a double-minded man who's, notice that, unstable in all his ways. A man that can't make up his mind, left or right, up or down, north or south, unstable in all his ways. When we procrastinate, we miss opportunities. And we've got to take the bull by the horns. And when an opportunity comes along and be ready to walk through that door, let me ask you, what important tasks are going undone in your life that, that, that are serious? Maybe some not as serious that you're just not addressing. God, make my tomorrow today. More importantly, secondly, we're in spiritual rebellion. 
Now, not all, not all procrastination is because of spiritual rebellion, but some of it, some of it could be. Let me ask you a question. If you're not a Christian like Felix, what in the world are you waiting on? You're risking, you're one, you're one heartbeat away from going to hell where there's no getting out. There's only one way to stay out, but no way to get out. What are you waiting on? If you've never confessed Jesus and repented of your sins and been baptized into him, what are you waiting on? You're playing a game that's too dangerous to play. Relinquish control to Jesus and you'll find out where life really begins. But if you are a Christian and you're still procrastinating, it, it, it means that we, we, refuse, we don't want... We, Give up our stubborn will. You see, here's how it is. God wants to go to work with you and God wants to go to school with you and he wants to go with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week and procrastination is my stubborn will to get in sync with him and let him work with me. And Sometimes that's a problem for me too. I'm refusing to play my part that God wants to play with me. James 4, 17 says, the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. That's called sin of omission. The one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it. That's the procrastination verse of the Bible, I guess. Before we go on to the last point, let's tell this biblical illustration. Jesus told a parable in Matthew 25. He told three of them. He told about 10 virgins and he told about the sheep and the goats. And in between that, he told about the parable of the talents. And one man had five and that was money in that day. And he took his five and, and, and he doubled it and that made 10. Another man had two and he did what? He doubled it and made four. But the guy that had just one, he took it and dug it in the, put it in the ground. And maybe he thought to himself, you know, tomorrow I'm gonna get that, I'm gonna get that money out and I'm gonna invest it the second Thursday of next week. And he never did, he never did, never did. And finally the master came back. His master came back and called for accounting. And here's what Matthew 25, 25 through 27 says. The master said to him, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. At my coming, I should have received what was, what was my own with interest. Take from the talent from him and give it to one who has 10 talents. Everyone who has will be given more. He will have an abundance. The one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant in the outer darkness. In that place will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Where'd that man end, man end up? End up in hell. Not for what he did wrong, but for what he refused to do. What ministry do you and I need to get involved in today? Where do we need to make some changes in our life? The complication. We're in a spiritual rebellion against God or important tasks are going undone. It depends what, what the category is. That man procrastinated and it cost him dearly. Now let's get to the resolution. There are four of them. There are four of them. What's the resolution? What's the cure for this, for this condition? The first one is stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. The reason 
the way, the reason things are the way they are is probably my fault. Probably my fault. Do you ever notice we have reasons for what we do, but other people have excuses? We have, we have a reason why we didn't get that project. We have a reason why we're late, but other people, they just have excuses. We, we have reasons instead of excuses for our own self. Ben Franklin said, and I quote, people that are good at making excuses are rarely good at anything else. That's worth repeating. People that are good at making excuses are rarely good at anything else. That's what Ben Franklin said. If you, if you find yourself making excuses, just, just stop and say, it's my fault. I was late. I, I, I failed to get the project done. I wasn't prepared. I, I overslept. S- stop making excuses for being late. Everybody has emergencies that come along. You know, the ambulance has got the roadblock. The fire truck's got the roadblock and you're late. But if you're habitually late, guess whose fault it is? It's your fault. You got to decide. I'm only 30 minutes earlier. I've been procrastinating long enough about my lateness. I'm going to fix that problem. It's a character issue. Jesus told a parable about excuses that really is, uh, we need to hear it. Luke 14, Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and he sent out many invitations. And, and what you got to know is this. In antiquity, you, there were two invitations. The first one, you agreed to go. And then when it came time for the event, they sent out another one. You understand what I'm saying? There were two invitations. Initial, you make an initial RSVP. And then when it comes time for the event, you're, you're invited back. Line three, when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come to the banquet, everything is ready. They'd agreed to come. They all began to make excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must expect. Let me ask you a question. You ever buy a property sight unseen? <laughs> I bought a field, I gotta go look at it. Second guy said, uh, I bought five pair of oxen, I wanna go try them out. Anybody buy a tractor without checking it out? And the third one said, please excuse me, I just married, I got married, and I can't come. It really takes a small man to hide beneath the apron strings of his wife. And you know what the master said? He said, go out on the highway and the byway, the hedges and the fields, and invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, that there may be, my table may be full. And then this is what he said. None of those that were first invited shall taste of my banquet. None of them will taste of my dinner. They all made excuses. God stopped making excuses. Secondly, identify the areas of my procrastination. Am I spending too much time on Facebook at the expense of other things? Am I spending too much time on my phone, television, video games, playing bingo, playing the lottery? What areas am I procrastinating in that I that I need to dress? Am I spending too much time in bed? Too much time at the recliner? Too much time at the refrigerator? (laughs) Need to get away from that thing. Where am I procrastinating? Yeah, address the the problem. Uh, Assess the area. Stop making excuses. Number three, get started today. Start with small tasks and they will lead. They will lead to greater victories. And when you have a small victory, that will encourage you to have a greater success. 
half the battle. You know what it is? Getting started. I don't mind painting. Actually, I kind of like painting, but I hate getting started. If you can get me started, I'll paint. I just don't like getting started. <laughs> I've gone for a drink and sharpened my pencil, searched through my desk for forgotten utensils, reset my watch, adjusted my chair, loosened my tie, straightened my hair. I checked my pens and picked up the clutter. I've gone for another drink of water. I adjusted the counter and I raised the blind. I've assorted items of all different kinds. Now down to the work, I can finally sit. Oops, too late. It's time to quit. <laughs> yeah. Get started today. Someone said this, after all is said and done, more is said than done. That weight loss program, you know when it starts? This afternoon. Doesn't start after Thanksgiving's over. I'll tell you something. We, we've been through that here in the church and, and it's a struggle. Those of us took part in that. And I'll tell you what you need. You need accountability. I've told Dawn that some of us are back doing that and waning every Friday. And I tell you, when you know you got an appointment on Friday at the scales, it makes a difference. Accountability. Maybe I, maybe I need accountability in these other areas. I need somebody to, to help me to order my life. I need a calendar, to-do list. I need to prioritize. I need to have a pitch and purge party, not a piling system, a filing system. <laughs> I need a pitch and purge party. Yeah. Stopping your credit card abuse begins today. If you have a credit card problem, we're going to have an invitation in a moment. You come down here and I'll find a pair of scissors and I'll perform plastic surgery on your credit cards right here in front of this audience. Plastic surgery right here. Your inability to handle credit cards, your procrastination about that begins today right here. Psalms 118 verse 24 says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today's the day. Not tomorrow. That's the devil's favorite word. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, for God says, at just the right time I heard you on the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. When? Today. Satan's favorite word is tomorrow. Today, I'll worship him. Today, I'll become his son. Today I'll start reading my Bible. Today I'll pray. Today I'll meet my neighbors. Today, today, today. Tomorrow never comes and there's all kinds of people in hell who said tomorrow I'm going to do that. This is the last one, certainly not least. Ask God for help. Last in this list, but not least, ask God for help. Let me say to you, you really have to want to change. And we won't change until the pain of remaining the same is greater than the pain it takes to change. Let me repeat that. We won't change whatever it is until the pain of remaining the same is greater than than the pain it takes to change. I know a man who had a heart attack at a young age. Since then, guess what he's done? Lost a lot of weight. 
Yeah. Heart attack got his attention. We won't change till the pain of remaining the same. Maybe a heart attack is greater than the pain it takes to change. James 1.5 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, what's that? That's how to apply knowledge. He should ask God who gives to all men generously without reproach, without finding fault. It will be given to him, given to you. Lord, I, I need wisdom to address these areas where I'm putting it off. Let me say to you, confess your sins. Repent of your sins. Surrender your life to him. Repent of this bondage that may be holding you back wherever it is. Jesus is the only one that can set you free. And when you are free in Christ, you got the world by the tail. Lord, set me free from the bondage that's keeping me from walking where you want me to walk. And lastly, this. Dear God, turn my someday into today. Lord, teach me that someday is not on the calendar. Teach me that someday is not on the calendar. Lord, help me to turn my someday into today. Let's, let's say that prayer together and I'll repeat it. Lord, help me to turn my someday into today. Let's say that together. Lord, help me to turn my someday into today. Lord, help me to turn my someday into today. Well, may the Lord help us with the things we're putting off to stop procrastinating and uh, address them, whether they're spiritual, material, other areas. That change begins right here.